the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Business and investing news. We are Business 1440. KYCR, Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Jeremy House in Washington. British counterterrorism police are looking into how a man in prison for terrorism offenses before his release last year managed to stab several people Friday before being tackled by bystanders and shot dead by officers on London Bridge. Two people were killed and three wounded. Also on SRNews.com, the year's busiest travel weekend is getting bogged down by a powerful storm making its way east from California. National Weather Service meteorologist Brian Hurley says many holiday travelers may encounter delays on Sunday due to a low-pressure system moving through the Midwest. With the flights in the major airports, we have to look at the possibility of delays because of the the, the precipitation and the low ceilings. Um, and, of course, the Midwest with the snows, uh, Minneapolis, and with the wintry uh, mix, perhaps, and some wind in Chicago, that could also cause some problems. This is SRN News. Hey, have you heard about the Arctic Spa's Spa Boy? No, tell me about it, eh? It's a salt system that monitors itself and chlorinates when the sanitation is low in your hot tub or swim spa. Oh, yeah. Well, I talked a lot with the other guys. they got salt systems, too, eh? Yeah, but no other spa company can offer anything like Spa Boy. By monitoring itself, the chlorine can be lower all the time, so our Minnesota skin doesn't have to be all dried out by the chlorine. Oh, yeah. Well, the missus was sure like that, eh? Yeah, it's insulated better than any other hot tub in the industry, too. It keeps your critters out. It's got a five-day freeze guarantee. It's the number one replacement spa in the industry. Oh, that's a pretty big statement, eh? So that must mean that people who buy another tub usually end up buying an Arctic, eh? It's a pretty great hot tub. Plus, with the Spa Boy salt system, you save lots of money on skin lotion, too, Oh, eh? you're always thinking, dude. Visit Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen today and see what makes the Arctic so great for Minnesota climates. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. PremierPools.com It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. I'm excited. This economy is on fire. It's the King Banyan Show. Let me emphasize that correlation is not causation. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs. Please bring on the recession. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Just putting the tweet up right now to tell you we're live, live, live on a Thanksgiving weekend. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Ugh. Uh, the tryptophan is kicking in on this Thanksgiving weekend. A little behind schedule. Snow to boot. Does it always feel to you like we get a Thanksgiving weekend storm of some kind that fouls up our traffic? 
We had to send all our guests who were going to be with us through the weekend, including our daughter, home early yesterday because we said, if you don't get out of here now, we're just not sure what happens to you on Sunday. So, uh, And you certainly weren't going to be leaving here today. Um, but we can make it over here. I only live about uh, seven minutes from the campus where at St. Cloud State where it's deserted. Uh, there hasn't been um, a soul up here in about 36 hours that I've seen. Uh, the parking lot is empty except for my vehicle. Uh, there's usually another vehicle down there for uh, the uh, radio station uh, here on campus, which uh, is uh, broadcasting live as they always do. But I am up here, uh, up on the third floor of our big old building here uh, along the uh, Mississippi River. It is uh, gray and snow falling outside about 30 degrees uh, here Um Yep, sometimes we even do weather on the King Banyan show. Good to, uh, anyway, good to be with you. This is one of those weird weekends. We debated whether or not to hold the show live. It's weird not because it's just, not just because it's Thanksgiving weekend, though it is. We also debated the fact that it's Fifth Saturday. Fifth Saturday is always a weird show. Okay, so be prepared. Okay, and it's a weird show in no small part because uh, uh, no, <laughs> in no small part because uh, the uh, the the there's no news. All right, there's always no news uh, on on this weekend, and Fifth Saturday means we have no data to tell you about. We had the revision of GDP that was a little bit positive. I've got I've got other data out there because the rest of the world didn't change didn't stop just because of Thanksgiving. Although there was a story reported on Axios this morning about how businesses in Europe, for the most part, are upset because stores are following the U.S. lead on Black Friday, and so countries like Russia and the U.K. are telling consumers, "Hey, just watch. They might have." They might have given you a lower sale price on another day than today. Do we really need to warn people of this? Is this really necessary? But the news that's out there wasn't wasn't too bad at all to the extent that there was economic news of the week. The economic news of the week was, and I would lead with this, um, the fact that the GDP revision and some other data that came in over the... Um, over the last week, uh, caused the Fed's, uh, the Atlanta Fed's GDP now cast, which we have talked about as being pretty low at 0.4% growth for Q4. The data of the week caused them to revise up that forecast to now 1.7%. GDP in Q in Q3 turned out to be 2.1% rather than the first print of 1.9. Um, Normally, uh, we don't expect a we don't expect a change. Uh, we don't expect a change, but this one was about half and half good news and maybe not so good news. The half that's not so good is if you get a GDP revision because they say inventories were higher than we thought they were, that's just pulling fourth quarter sales into third quarter. That's that's just that's fine. You're just reallocating the growth between the two quarters by and large. About half of it was that, but about half of it was the investment figures, which we said were really weak, turned out to be less so than we thought. So better private investment, uh, core durable goods orders ended up being much better than we thought, up 1.2% versus a down estimate of 0.2%. Um, shipments were better than we thought, and that got built into that GDP figure versus um, versus what was thought into that forecast for fourth quarter GDP. The New York Fed didn't change their now cast much at all, but Atlanta Fed is now at the level where the, the investment houses are, somewhere in the 15 to 2% range. And that's that's good news. That's actually super good news. Um, new home sales... Up, uh, we're up above the estimate uh, 
up above estimated. September was revised upward. You now have three months in a row where new homes were 700,000 plus. That's the first time that's happened since 2007. If you're a regular listener of the King Banyan Show here on Business 1440, I don't need to tell you what that means. Most of that strength is not here in the Midwest. Most of that is West Coast and and the South. Uh, And the Northeast kind of stinks. Median home price in this country, $316,700. Down 3.5% year over year. Now, this was interesting. Let me go find this little... I had a little tweet... um, let me let me let me hit this little tr- tweet here. I thought this was really interesting. Some uh, representative who is uh, uh, this I think this is a congressperson in New Jersey has posted yes has posted a picture of what happened to um, what happened to their property taxes in New Jersey. New Jersey um, had average deductions on their properties thanks to uh, the uh, state and local uh, tax deduction on your federal income tax. Bergen County, which is a very well-off county in New Jersey, the the average homeowner was deducting $24,783. In the other counties around them, they were, they were on average writing off $12,000 or four to $14,000. And now they are all capped at ten thousand uh, dollars that they can take on their houses. And so this congressperson is is complaining that this that this terrible policy from the U.S. government. I don't even know if this guy's a Republican or a Democrat. It doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm not here to. I'm not. I'm not here to do politics. I'm here to do economics for you. So I'm gonna, we're going to do the economics of this. You have a cap, okay, now on the deduction you can get on the mortgage. Who gets hurt? Who gets hurt? There are two groups. One, the construction industry that's building expensive houses now cannot use the deductibility of mortgage interest as an argument for why more people should be looking and trying to buy that house. That's one. But second, second, the homeowner is, right? The homeowner is. Now, you can look at this in one of two ways. You can sort of say, is, oh, you've ripped off the homeowners. In Bergen County, the, the ritzy county of this, of this uh, congressperson's, I've lost track of this person's name. I'm not, um, what's his name? Josh Gottheimer, in case you want to go look up to see what party he is. Again, I don't care. The cap in Bergen County is estimated to have reduced home values by almost 10%. In the other counties, somewhere between 7 and between so somewhere between 7 and 10%. So what was that before? What was that before? If not in fact a transfer of income, okay? What happened was if you were a homeowner, you were in essence being given a a support for your for your home price in the form of mortgage interest deduction. Yes, it stimulates the construction industry. But it also it also enriches homeowners at the expense of those who want to own homes. So a reduction in the price of seven to ten percent of the house, yes, it's bad news for the person that owns the house. You know who it's not bad news for? The person who wants to buy it. Remember, every transaction involves two people, not just one. Okay, so when someone tells me, tells me, oh, you know, the mortgage interest cap, that's terrible for homeownership. It's like, well, it's terrible for the current homeowners. But for the people that want to buy them, it's actually good. So from it, from at least this boomer who's doing okay on a Thanksgiving weekend, you're welcome, millennial. This helps you. 
get into a house. Because you don't have to pay for the tax, for the, you know, for the tax. This is my point. You didn't get a tax benefit from the mortgage interest deduction. Because the mortgage interest deduction was priced into the house that you were buying. Hey, millennial. Hey, Gen Zer. You, in fact, you, in fact, are being helped by this because we're taking that benefit away from homeowners. And guess what? That's not, that's probably not you. That's probably these, these boomers. And, and frankly, I don't feel sorry for them. I'll tell you more about that right after this. Here, listen to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. It's gonna be a long, long winter for me. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Did you know that 81% of Americans have at least one social media profile on sites like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? of consumers say they may not buy from a business without social media presence. I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of Salem Media Group Twin Cities, and I want to introduce you to Salem Surround, the next generation answer to digital marketing for local businesses. Salem Surround can put your company in the middle of the conversation. Call Alyssa for more information at 651-289-4406. Hi, this is Tim. And this is Lee. And we're the Kingdom Builders. You've often heard us talk about our theme verse, Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. We want to be as perfect as possible, but we realize nobody's perfect all the time. For example, we just did a roof for a lovely family here in the Twin Cities area and asked him how things went, and he said, The crew was uh, kind enough to move my barbecue grill off of the deck when we were doing the tear-off so we wouldn't get debris down on his barbecue grill. After the roof was complete, they put my barbecue grill back on the deck, but they got the grill backwards. The knobs were on the wrong side. And I had to remind them, hey, Mark, we're not great barbecue grillers. We're just great roofers. We can't guarantee we're going to get your grill in the exact same position on the deck when we're finished, but we can guarantee the workmanship that we do on your roof for the life of the products. If you'd like a no-obligation estimate or evaluation on your roof or gutters, please give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. I should have tweeted this to you. I will have to. I will share this page to you. I'm reading something right now that uh, I'm some. Every once in a while, the Federal Reserve puts something up. You go, wow, that's really interesting. So this is based on the uh, on the uh, page on their work that they do on financial accounts. So they call them the Z1 reports. They're quarterly, and they basically keep track of. Assets and liabilities held by various sectors of the economy. I am not clear on how it is 
that they collect this data in this kind of detail, but they have never figured out the survey. If somebody knows, go ahead and call us. We're live. Yeah, you're stuck because of the snow? Yeah, give us a call, 651-289-4477. Here's a graph I'm looking at, or, or a chart that I'm looking at. The chart reads, Distribution of Household Wealth in the United States Since 1989. There is a uh, pull-down menu for wealth components, either by assets or liabilities, and then you can do the distribu- distribution by age, race, or even e- or education or generation. Generation I found interesting because what they say, to, what they give you the opportunity to do is, uh, is to look at the. Uh, Silent generation or greatest generation versus the boomers versus Gen X versus the millennials to see how much they have of various assets and liabilities. So I'm going to sh- I'm going to just talk about the real estate assets held by these four generations. And to remind you, uh, greatest generation, those before or silent generation, those before 1946. Baby boomers are those born between 1946 and 1964 to identify. I'm fairly much in the middle of that particular generation, toward the second half of it, but nowhere near, nowhere near the 1960s. Gen X, born between 1965 and 1980, and millennials, born between 1981 and 1996. Okay, so if I look at that, of course, if they were born between... 1981 and 1996, as you might expect, prior to um, 2001, no no millennial owned real estate. And in trillions, six point six and a half trillion is held by that that the. the folks that are born before 1946. That has been there, and that number has been fairly constant. In fact, it peaked before the Great Recession at about $8.1 trillion in the third quarter of 2006. If I go and look at, at boomers, the boomer generation peaked around that same time, fell, but now they've accelerated so that they now hold over $14 trillion in real estate asset. Their peak during the 2006, um, during the uh, real estate bubble of the early uh, aughts, was, was about, um, about $11.6 at which point millennials had, had, point, had point one. And Gen X had about $4.4 trillion. Where are they now? In the second quarter of 2019, boomers have $14.1 trillion of household wealth. Their household wealth is $3 trillion more than it was at the peak of the big expansion before. Meanwhile, Gen X has only $1.4 trillion. It has one tenth of what was there before, and then if I flip and look at their look at their home mortgages for that same group, there's only four point there's four point two six trillion in mortgages for the boomers, and one point one trillion, right? So we said one point four trillion currently in assets, but only one and one point one and one one point one five trillion in liability in home mortgages. Therefore. They have next to no wealth. These folks should love, should be, these are the folks that should be screaming, hey, I'm really glad that the tax bill killed off the salt tax because it made it, made it 7 to 10% less expensive for me to buy the house. My down payment now can be 7 to 10% less than it was before. Yes, you won't get to write off as much. Yes, you probably will need to spend more after-tax income to support your mortgage than you did before. But probably not, because it's now built into the price. It's now built into a price. And who does it, who does it hit right between the eyes? The boomers. Again, you're welcome, millennials. I think this is a good thing. 651-289-4477. 
What do you think? 651-289-4477, the number to call with your questions or comments. Good thing or bad thing to get rid of that tax? I say good. And I say good because I don't like having tax benefits embedded in prices that protect one generation at the expense of another. I want those I want that all to be out there in the public. I'll I'll tweet I'll have to tweet that that link to this house. This this page is just really, really fascinating. These are distributional financial accounts and there's all sorts of things you can do. I'll tweet it to you in about in, in a few minutes after we get to the next break. But before we get there, let me let me go ahead and finish up the the news of the week. So total home sales seven hundred above new home sales above seven hundred thousand. Three months in a row. First time since the Great Recession. Good news. All right, so is there bad news? Of course. The manufacturing sector numbers seem to the numbers that came out this week were the last few readings in for November on manufacturing. By and large, they're negative. The Dallas one was a little bit better than we thought. Richmond was a little worse than we thought. You know, by and large, the manufacturing sector has been has been taking it taking it in the shorts. Um, uh, conference board consumer confidence numbers were down a little bit below where we thought they'd be, um, and particularly on the present uh, on the uh, present situation, there has been this interesting pattern that I'm watching now in consumer confidence numbers. If you ask them two different sets of numbers, two different types of questions, tell me about your current conditions. Are they better off or worse off than you were a few months ago? Many of them are telling you right now uh, that they're worse off than they were, and that number's been falling in the, consumer, in the conference board figures for five months in a row. But when you ask them, how do you think you're going to do over the next six months? You get a much more optimistic view. So confidence as confidence has actually been better over the last couple months than before, meaning that people are are looking ahead and saying, well, yeah, it's been bad for now, but it's not going to be bad for all that long. I think things are going to be okay. And And so that information... That information plays into our expectations of where where GDP goes, where the economy goes in the next six to nine months to say, I'm not positive that, you know, this again puts me in that camp of, I don't think there's a recession in the next six to nine months. I think there's one shortly after that. There's enough negative stuff out there. And in part, it's because I think really on the policy side, you've got one of two choices. You've, the, the choice is, you continue rate cuts if you think the economy continues to soften so that this 15 to 2% growth is all you get. I don't foresee that the current administration or even the Congress thinks 15 to 2% growth is good enough and that they want to run on it without actually trying to do something. But it does appear like the Federal Reserve has said, basically, we're done we're done for this year, and we might be done for the most part for next year, too. And so I think you're going to end up with a lot of, uh, instead with, a lot of work being done on fiscal policy. Uh, this is uh, Jim Reed. He's an economist at Deutsche Bank. And uh, he was on he was on, uh, on Bloomberg uh, earlier this week. I think, in fact, maybe this was just on Friday, making the case that if we're going to see any changes in the economy going forward, you probably have to focus on the fiscal policy side rather than the monetary policy side. Go ahead and play that clip for me, Wyatt. Hold up, austerity, because I've yeah. got in front of me a UK current budget nope. deficit. The wrong cut. That's the wrong cut. Okay. So this would be the first cut that, that you got titled Jim Reed. I do think fiscal policy Here has to be used more. Um, and look, I'm, I'm at heart, I'm a creative destruction guy, so, you know, debt um that's that's too big should collapse but i think we've built a system that is too reliant on debt and therefore if it does collapse we have a big problem in the economy so therefore you probably have to try to reflate into that 
um, debt. And as far as I can see, the only way you can do that is probably to use fiscal policy and then have monetary policy support that. So for the, for the rest of my career, I think nominal but, yields will be below nominal GDP to try to support that. But who has a fiscal space to do it? Um, well, when you've got a fiat money system and central banks can uh, print unlimited money in theory, then every country has a space. I'm not saying it's a good idea economically, yeah. but I think it's inevitable that that's where we, we go. So... So two things about that that I think that I think are important. One, a world where the nominal interest rate is below the growth rate of GDP. If that in fact is true, then on average, it do, the deficit may in fact not matter very much. What you heard him say in essence is, as long as we believe the interest rate's below the growth rate of GDP, it doesn't really matter what the size of the deficit is. Now, isn't that a fascinating statement? will be more fascinating to you is the fact that I think that might, in fact, not be bad analysis. We'll explain to you why right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Digital marketing is a big part of just about every business. It's everywhere. Is your business using it to your advantage? Are you receiving your share of the leads? If you're not effectively using digital media, you could be losing sales by the second. Even worse, your customers can be grabbed up one by one, never to return. Not sure if you're losing out to the competition? Salem Surround can help you. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into leads. Salem Surround is a full-service digital agency providing you with all your marketing under one roof. Total market penetration for increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn more how we can help you place your advertising message in front of today's digital consumers. Salem Surround helps deliver customers by putting your business message in front of the right person at the right time. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. I'm a trained lawyer. I went to law school. My name is Alan. I am a current student at the OTA office in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, I'm a retired district court judge, and when I decided to retire, I'd always had an interest in financial markets. I had done quite a bit of research, read up on OTA a lot. I think I had a pretty good idea of what to expect. The actual class itself was more impressive than I even anticipated. I mean, after I attended that half-day class and um, fell in love with it after that, I was absolutely 100 percent sold. It's almost like a light bulb goes off. You start following your rules. You recognize the mistakes you shouldn't uh, make and you stop making them. I feel like I've actually turned a corner. I'm actually on a great path. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to do this. And I think a lot of people get scared away from the financial markets because they don't think they're smart enough and nothing could be further from the truth. Call today for a free investing class at 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. How does the baby move in your tummy? How does the baby eat? Can the baby hear me? How did the baby get in there? Wow, a pregnancy can sure generate a lot of questions. But what's important is that a baby is a baby inside and out of the womb. Not just after birth, but nine months before at conception. That's right, every baby is a miracle. Hello, my name is Marianne Kuharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet, simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro-life. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. As I noted before, we're just doing a little bit of uh, wandering around the economic landscape today, but um, wanted to get to that that a few points uh, made, uh, three points today. One which we we've just made is that is that asset prices reflect changes in taxes 
And when you change taxes, you in fact you're in fact doing a redistribution. The 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 salt caps the cap on state and local taxes, which capped out uh, the benefit of the property tax deduction, is actually a benefit to younger generations because they're going to get the houses at cheaper prices than before. Yeah, they'll get to write off their their taxes as much. It's like, yep, they can they can work that out. But guess what? It'll make the down payment they need to get into that house probably some it looks like somewhere between seven to ten percent less than it was before. That should be celebrated. That's a good thing. Second thing, the one we'll talk about right now. What the heck is going on with what the heck is going on with interest rates and why should it matter? And why would it matter when this this guy says this? Wyatt, can we grab that clip one more time? I'm going to play it a second time to be sure everyone understands why I'm talking about this. This is Jim Reed. He's a chief investment officer at Deutsche Bank uh, on Bloomberg yesterday, making the point that fiscal policy is probably all that's left to move the economy along. But even that, I think, is probably going to be a bad deal. Let's go ahead and listen to this again. I do think fiscal policy has to be used more. Um, and look, I'm, I'm at heart, I'm a creative destruction guy, so you know, debt um, that's, that's too big should collapse. But I think we've built a system that is too reliant on debt, and therefore if it does collapse, we have a big problem in the economy. So therefore, you probably have to try to reflate into that um, debt. And as far as I can see, the only way you can do that is probably to use fiscal policy and then have monetary policy support that. So for the, for the rest of my career, I think nominal but, yields will be below nominal GDP to try to support that. But who has a fiscal space to do it? Um, well, when you've got a fiat money system and central banks can uh, print unlimited money in theory, then every country has a space. I'm not saying it's a good idea economically, yeah. but I think it's inevitable that that's the way we, we go. And so that... That point, thank you, Wyatt. Uh, that point is, is I think, lost on a lot of, lot of people but, and needs some explanation. But I, I think it's maybe the critical point. The, okay, it, let, me, let me put this again. Let me put this to you this way. First of all, what is an interest rate supposed to mean? Well, let me tell you what we tell you in, print, in the Principles of Economics course. We say that interest rates are set to balance savings and investment. Let me say that again because it's, it's elemental. When I say it, everyone's like, well, yeah, duh, of course. And yet when we talk about when, whenever the King Banyan show is off talking about, about interest rates, it feels like all we talk about is the Federal Reserve and Jay Powell this and Donald Trump that. And, and it, it's important, I think, to get back to first principles. I mean, we're going to try to get back to first principles on a number of items today. First principle, interest rates are set so as to balance savings and investment. It's the price at which funds are borrowed and lent between savers and investors. Investors in this case does not mean those who buy stocks because to me, in my world, in the way an economist thinks about it, the investor, the ultimate investor is not the person who's buying stock. The ultimate investor is the firm that issues equity so that it has the ability to purchase capital goods. Right. So the reason you would borrow that money or the reason you would issue equity would be to acquire capital Okay, financial capital that you convert into fiscal capital because you believe that physical capital, because you believe that physical capital will earn you a return on that incremental investment that is greater than the interest rate you're going to pay on that, on that debt. Now, given that, when we drive real interest rates down towards zero, Everybody is out looking. They're looking at the list of possible investments, and they're like, "You know what? All I have to do is earn three percent return on this money, and I, if I can borrow at two percent and earn three percent, I pay the two back, and I keep one for myself. That's a fifty percent. That's a fifty percent uh, profit on uh, what I borrowed. That's pretty good stuff." 
So what you get is a huge issuance of debt to buy up lots, to have the opportunity to buy up lots of capital. And when there's all that out there and everyone's trying to chase interest rates, you get a humongous push-up in, in asset prices. Using the same kind of logic I just applied in thinking about housing. I did that story for a reason. I didn't do that story because I was because I wanted to beat up on the SALT deduction or if I wanted to beat up on, on, uh, on liberal boomers who are complaining about the SALT deduction, the SALT cap. And I'm like, don't complain about the SALT cap. You're, you're, helping, you're helping the next generation. Be quiet. I don't, it's fine, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's barroom argument. That's not, that's not serious economics. The serious economics is, is that we've got folks out there engaged in financial engineering. Okay, we've got people out there buying, buying assets that have yet to reflect any real return on it. Hello, WeWork. It, all in order to chase returns because the cost of borrowing funds has been made so low. Then all of a sudden those assets aren't paying the return and the people who are holding those assets are like, help me, help me. I need to, re- I need to borrow money again to keep, up, to keep myself in this investment. I don't want to sell it right now because I haven't gotten my return yet. So keep me, keep me able to, to borrow. Well, your choices are to keep moving interest rates lower and lower and maybe to negative. Or... You start issuing additional additional uh, liquidity into the system, you, money into the system, and that will help prop up demand for it and keep the interest rates low for you. So, and the way that can be done is either through monetary policy by pushing interest rates to negative, or by fiscal policy by having the fiscal authorities create artificial demand by borrowing money in the marketplace and giving it to consumers or putting it into the hands of the defense industry or putting it into the hands of of uh the the uh the bridge engineers to build bridges and more bridges and bridges with all kinds of doodads on it because that's what will help the construction sector or something to that effect and what jim reed is just telling you is you probably can't do the former interesting bit of news uh, over the last week, where did I, where did I stick that particular story? Oh heavens! Yes, there it is. Uh, this is Christine Lagarde uh, in her first speech uh, after taking on the presidency of the European Central Bank. I'm just going to read, read a few sentences of this. I don't. I could have. We could have recorded it, but I decided not to. In my view, since our challenges are common ones, we must meet them with a common response. monetary policy which i start with because it's my area of responsibility and which will undergo a strategic review due to begin in the near future he is not he is not okay she is not in fact doing that to say i'm going to keep rates negative for a long time i suspect what she's trying to talk about is i need to get out of having negative interest rates And she believes she needs to get out of negative interest rates because once you start with them, the Japanese have proven it's awfully hard to get out of it. And it it hasn't helped them at all. It hasn't helped, helped them one bit. And so, with that said, when you read uh, tweets like this one from President Trump, uh, this is from, this is from 11 days ago. At my meeting with Jay Powell this morning, I protested that the, the I protested fact that our Fed rate is too high relative to the interest rates of other competitor countries. In fact, our rates should be lower than others. We are the U.S. Too strong a dollar hurting manufacturers and growth. Uh, first of all, uh, um, first of all, uh, Larry Kudlow, call your office. Um. I think you've got some. I think you've got some coaching to do. Where is he lately? He must have been. He must be on a nice long vacation. And secondly, this this is what this is the debate. 
We've talked about the fact that U.S. rates couldn't get too far out of line from the rest of the world. On that, Trump is, President Trump is probably correct. When the ECB is running a negative four-tenths of a percent uh, yeah, uh, policy rate, and we run one at two, two and a quarter percent, of course the dollar appreciates rapidly. And, it just, it, 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 and on top of tariffs, it's, it's a double whammy on, on our export industries. Of course it hurts. But back to my basic point. The interest rate is meant to balance savings and investment, not to, not to maximize the president's re-election chances. And the Fed has lowered rates 75 basis points, probably won't again. And because of that, probably the only place we could see any real changes that are going to impact impact the ability of, of us to have capital return to the system is going to be from the fiscal policy side. I think Jim Reed's absolutely right. And why you, you're hearing all of these candidates, not just in the U.S., but in the U.K. too, um, in the U.K. as well, promising you more spending, more, we're going to buy more stuff, they will tell you it's because they want to give you this free stuff, give you free things and try to buy your vote with your own money. But underlying it is a belief that, in fact, right at this moment, to support all of the debt that's out there, the only way to reflate the economy to get more, to get more inflation to be able to pay off that debt with cheaper dollars, the only way you're probably going to get there is by a whole lot more deficit spending. A whole lot more. I'll give you another example of that coming up right after this. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Be right back. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Looking for future leaders we can trust and believe in? Look no further than the high school student-athletes right here in Minnesota. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It begins by making their grades and being on time for practice. It includes learning to listen, following directions, accepting responsibility, being a good role model. And it's about respect for officials, opponents, the rules, and each other. The result, it transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. High school sports, there's so much more than just a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. Of course, you already know that Thanksgiving is associated with the Pilgrim's Feast at Plymouth Plantation. You've seen the paintings and heard the story of the bountiful harvest. But have you heard the whole story? I just published a piece on Town Hall Finance which documents how, when the Pilgrims arrived, they were required by London elites who financed the expedition to practice a form of communism, which was in vogue at the time. We shouldn't be surprised that the result was famine, starvation, and plague. The settlers decided to defy the planners in London to reject what they called the conceits of Plato and instead embrace the Ten Commandments and instituted private property. The result was abundance. That history used to be taught to earlier generations of Americans, but no longer. Maybe this Thanksgiving, skip the arguing about politics and put something else on the table. Share the real hidden history of America. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm Jerry Boyer. Sponsored by ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I'm Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Kelly. I'm Staff Sergeant I'm Alex. Staff Stevens. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served 
and those who are proudly serving, we celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. 651-289-4477, the number to call your questions or comments. We are here today live. I think some... I think Mitch Berg is is uh, giving you a best of this week. I'm not positive of that. You might want to listen in anyway. By the way, Mitch and Mitch, Brad, I, and um, perhaps a, a special guest are planning a, a a special show. Sometimes coming up in the next few weeks. To um, we'll we'll have to see if uh, we can pull this off. It should be a it should be a good time if we can. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven King Banyan Show Business fourteen forty. Let me give you an example of what I mean by by this. It, it's the the race for uh, Parliament in the UK right now has been fascinating to me. I have said a few times that that in fact I I believe that um, I believe that uh, in in my heart of hearts that. M- that Boris Johnson doesn't come off as terribly conservative for those of us from the United States who consider ourselves particularly on the fiscal side. I thought this was interesting. This involved uh, um, uh, uh, Ryan Pickering. He's an economist at Berenberg Securities. He's on uh, CNBC in uh, the CNBC Europe uh, program. I do not know the news announcer who starts this clip, but the point the news announcer makes is a good one, and the response, I think, was even better. Go ahead and play that clip, please, Wyatt. Hold up, Austerity, because I've got in front of me a UK current budget deficit chart, and it's a brilliant chart, and it goes back to 2005, and you mentioned the word austerity, first time we mentioned it today. We still overspent more money than we have, the more we had in income, by a significant margin for most of the last 14 years as well. We have to be very careful when we use the word austerity. Well, we haven't balanced the books, but there has been a significant reduction in the footprint of the government over the economy. And just to bring this back to economics, what we're talking about here is the UK as a mid-Atlantic economy. It's a mixed economy that is oriented towards markets like the US is, but it has big public sector promises like a European economy, like the NHS. Under a conservative government, you would keep that situation for the UK. Under Labour, you would remain a mixed economy, but the increase in the size of the state, the increased regulation, the increased state footprint would shift it not to a mid-Atlantic economy, but to a more continental economy. In economic terms, that would mean slower potential growth. Whereas the UK, like the US, can manage 2% year over year, but some of the continentals like France manage low ones. In a Corbyn government, that is what the UK would look like some 10 years from now. And that, so clearly, although this this fellow was supposed to be a, a a financial uh, worked for a finance house in London uh, very much uh, made the point that he was not keen on the uh, on labor's budget. Here's what's really interesting about it. It's almost like a role reversal. Boris Johnson has been out saying, I'm going to spend more money on the National Health Service. He's out saying, I'm going to spend more money on transportation. I'm going to spend more, you know, once we get Brexit done, we're going to do all these things to support British businesses. All of them involve spending money. And he's willing to accept the fact that, look, you know, the deficits come down somewhat. Interest rates are fairly low. It could probably turn around and go back to, it could probably spin around and go back to uh, to a slightly higher, uh, instead of calling it the deficit, sometimes they call it the public sector borrowing requirement, PSBR. Uh, it's a British term that means roughly the same thing as the uh, as the U.S. Uh, federal budget deficit. What's been really interesting has been the size of the tax increases that Labor has proposed. 
Labor Labor has said it wants to create taxes, and the and the conservatives in London have been the conservatives in in England have been hammering them. And finally, uh, just in the last couple hours, I uh, have posted a piece uh, that was that they got John McDonald, who'd be, who's uh, their proposed uh, head of chan- the head chan- the chancellor, chancellor in the UK. For those of you not aware of their system. Chancellor means basically the Secretary of the Treasury. Because remember, it's a unified government, so it'll be someone from the party. And so John McDonnell, who is probably as hard left as Jeremy Corbyn, goes on BBC and says, in effect, in effect, if you have income of twenty thousand pounds a year, so that's about it's about twenty five thousand US dollars. You're going to pay higher taxes. And even if your $25,000 comes from a pension, you're going to pay higher taxes. The analysis I've been trying to give you in this hour has been, in essence, those people are making promises that don't cause, that in fact cause the deficit to rise, are going to find from the investor class all kinds of support. Because the assets that are out there, the choices are one of two things. You can either increase, you can either increase the deficit and support higher inflation through that mechanism, or you can cut, you can cut uh, in, interest rates down below zero, take the policy rate down to zero, but that widens the gap between the policy rate and that rate that balances savings and investment. As you do that, more malinvestment happens. So the question is, really, how would you like that malinvestment to happen? Would you like it to happen through spending on additional uh, goods and services from the government? And yes, darn fan, I promise you, I'm going to do public goods in the next hour because it's part of the argument. Or do you want to have it done by negative interest rates and encouraging the private sector to invest in more WeWorks and Ubers that don't make money. Which one of those would you actually prefer to have happen? I think, unfortunately, those are the choices that are that are in front of us. And why I think you're going to see more and more that those who call themselves conservative are going to be less and less concerned about deficits than they were before because it may, in fact, be the lesser of two evil and you're evils and you're seeing arguments for it. We'll be talking about this more in the next hour. Don't go away. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services, so your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. 
please contact us at wnav-video.com. Good day. Welcome to our show, eh? Yeah, good day to you, eh? The guys from Premier Pool and Spa have been harping on you to go in and see what's different about an Arctic hot tub. Yeah, and have you done it yet? I don't think so. You know, you can get into the tubs right there on the Premier Pool and Spa showroom floor. It's not only okay, it's absolutely recommended. Take off, eh? I mean, how would you know if it's comfortable if you've never sat in one? Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like when they give out samples at the supermarket. You know, I tried some of that fancy cheese with the coffee crumbles on the outside the other day. I loved it. Now that's all the missus and I buy. Yeah, it's the same thing at Premier Pool and Spa. Take a sample dip in an Arctic hot tub or spa. You can sit in them wet or dry, but you got to see for yourself if it's a comfortable fit. Arctic hot tubs are truly a cold weather spa, and Minnesota winters are just what these spas are made for, eh? Don't wait. Get into Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen today. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. Online at premierpools.com. Business 